Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is from the epistle lesson, especially the message of the angel which announces, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of the water. Well, five-year-old Johnny was helping mom in the kitchen. She was making something, and then mom turns to Johnny and says, I need you to go into the pantry and get me a can of tomato soup. And Johnny looked at her and said, it's dark in there. I don't want to go. And she goes, Johnny, don't worry about it. Just go. And he kept resisting. Finally, mom said to him, it'll be okay. Jesus will be with you. And so Johnny creeps over to the pantry. He opens the door. He looks inside. It looks dark. It looks scary. He's just about ready to close it, and then an idea flashes in his mind. He opens the back door back up, and he says, Jesus, if you're in there, could you hand me the tomato soup? Johnny's obviously afraid of the dark. What are you afraid of? What do you fear? Because we hear the angel say, fear God. What is it that we are fear? We, we, we understand the fear of the dark. We understand the fear of heights. We understand the fear of snakes and spiders and all the rest. But do we understand the fear of God? That's what we're going to take up today. And it's appropriate for Reformation Day because Luther was actually, in his early life, terrified of God. Later in life, he wrote extensively about the fear of God. And so it's appropriate for us to take up this issue. But understand we take it up with the full message of the angel. Fear God and give him glory. So again, we go back to the message. Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Fear God. That's the announcement of the angel. And notice the angel tells us why. The hour of judgment has come. God is coming to judge. Fear God. The angel is reminding us that God hates sin. That cannot be overstated. God hates sin. Sin is rebellion against God. It's rejection of his will, of his word, and even of him himself. And he has given a promise, and God is a God who keeps his word, to punish sin. And this announcement of the angel comes to the whole world. We are told, to those, he proclaimed this, to those who dwell on earth in every nation, language, and tribe, and people. And this is a message that the world needs to hear to fear God. So we sit here this morning and wonder, does the world fear God? Not really as we look out to the world. Does the world care what God has to say? The world isn't looking for God to give it direction. The world looks to itself to give it direction. To follow its idea, its thoughts, its emotions, its desires. The world doesn't follow or fear God. And really in the end... We shouldn't expect it to. Why should the world fear God? It has no allegiance to God. It goes its own way. We shouldn't be surprised when the world goes in a different direction than the church because it's not tied to God. It has no interest in what God's word has to say or what his will is. So when we hear this this morning, fear God, it's really more of a question, a more important question. Not does the world fear God, but do you fear God? Do you fear God? Now, you might not be comfortable with that question. We, we don't like the idea that we should 
be afraid of God, that we should fear God. We even said sometimes want to soften it. Maybe we aren't really supposed to be afraid. Maybe you're not really supposed to fear God. But that's what the angel said. The angel said, every tribe, language, people on earth are to fear God. And we are to fear God. We are to stand in fear because the angel tells us the hour of God's judgment has come. We are to fear because God holds our life in his hands. You see, the proper fear of God is recognizing that God hates all sin. And not the sin that we like to point out out there. God hates your sin. God hates your rebellion. God hates the way you have turned away from him. A true fear of God joins a hatred of sin for ourselves as well. That we are called, when we hear this, to fear God, we are called to hate our, our sin as well. And this is difficult for us because we like to diminish our sin. We don't really want to hate it because if we hated it, we'd have to get rid of it. We want to kind of be comfortable with it. We like to kind of control it. Rather than get rid of it, we just like to massage it, control it, not let it get too far out. We almost want to make peace with it. And we do it when we start looking at sin in such a way that it's okay. And justifying it. Well, at least I'm not like that person over there. Or we say it's okay because um, there's others doing the same or even worse. Or excuse me, well, well, I'm just only human, so therefore, you see, our view of our own sin should cause us to fear God. Because we don't really fully hate sin the way we are supposed to. And that's frightening. But keep in mind, the angel didn't just say fear God. The angel said fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth the sea and the springs of life there's a connection the angel is making right fear God give him glory and then later on worship him that that all these things fit together for the one who gives life the one that holds life in our hands we are to fear but we are also to give him glory we are to see that God doesn't want us just to fear him, but he wants us to worship him. And, and then they are tied together. Luther, in early on in his life, only had the fear of God, terrified of God, because he saw his sin and his failure to please God. And he looked upon God as just a judge, and in fact, a cruel judge, a God who demanded something that he could not give. He could not be perfect. And so he didn't give him glory. He just simply feared him. But it's in that struggle to appease God and the study of Scripture that brought him to understand the gospel. He realized that God in his demand for righteousness and the punishment of sin sent his son to take that punishment upon himself. To take it so that you would be spared and I would be spared. That Luther would be spared. That we would all be spared. And so Luther was able to see the graciousness of God in the cross. And so he could see where the fear and the giving glory come together. That a fear is recognizing your own sin, but giving glory to God that even though he was a sinner, God had found a way for him to be saved and be righteous before him. You see, the fear of the Lord begins with that knowledge of sin, but it leads to a full understanding of grace. 
It's only when we fear God and come to a true understanding of the depth of our sin that we see the height of God's grace. You see, if we minimize our sin, we minimize God's forgiveness. It's in realizing the fullness of what we have failed to do that we see just how gracious that God is that he would come to us and forgive us and love us. And notice we are to give glory to the one who gives life. As the angel said, worship him who made heaven and earth, the one who created us, the one who created you, who gave you the talents and the gifts that you have, the personality that you have, who's made you as you are. We are to give glory to him for for what he has done and how he has created you. But he's also to give him glory and worship the one who made the sea and the springs of water. That not only did he make you, but he provided for you the way of life. Scriptures in the water and the scriptures are are about life. The, the, The water sustains life. So we're thankful and worship God for all that he's given for this life, the life that we live. The food, the clothing, the family that he's given us, the the people, the job, all those things that sustain us daily, we give glory to God and worship him for that. But also when we think about the one who created the sea and the springs of water, we're reminded of the spiritual nature of water within scripture too. Not only do you worship and give thanks to God as the one who gives you physical life, but who gives you spiritual life, who sent his son to suffer and die for you, who then in the waters of baptism, that spiritual water, united Christ to you so that you could live. The one who nourishes you not only with steak and potatoes and the rest that you eat physically, but by the body and blood that you receive today, who comes and nourishes you today with his presence, who feeds you with the word of God that sustains you, that uplifts you, that guides you, that comforts you, that that God provides all that you need spiritually. And so it all fits together. The idea that that we fear the one who comes to judge, realizing he's already made that judgment on Christ instead of us, and now gives us life, physical and spiritual. One of Luther's lasting legacies is the writing of the small catechism. And if you remember from your confirmation, the first commandment explanation, we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And also, if you remember from your confirmation, every commandment forward then starts We fear and love God so that Luther understood the connection. That that fear and and love are both tied to faith. That we recognize our sin, but we recognize even more God's grace as he forgives us. What a wonderful gift we have in our Lord. that, That we are forgiven, that we are loved, that we belong to him now and forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds to true faith to life everlasting. Amen.